You're now listening to the Live Different Podcast with Matt Wilson. What's happening, everybody? It's Matt. Welcome to the Live Different Podcast. And today we have an awesome guest, Daniel DiPiazza from rich20something.com who has appeared on the podcast now. This will be the third time. Uh, but before that, I want to give you guys a little update what what is going on within the Live Different community and the Under 30 Experiences community. Really exciting. We have two new fitness trips, uh, actually one fitness trip and one yoga trip coming up in March and April. This is a new addition to what we do at Under 30 Experiences. This will be our first yoga trip. We're really excited and we've now run two really awesome fitness trip, body weight, workout exercises uh, on the beach in Costa Rica. We have another one coming up for, for you guys. We just uh, wrapped up an awesome time uh, all over the geez, all over the world. Uh, we had a 13-day trip to explore Central America, running through the rainforest in Costa Rica down to the beach here where I live, and then up to Nicaragua, where I happen to have just come back with uh, back from celebrating my 30th birthday. And finally, we had our uh, Belize trip and our Tulum, Mexico trip, which uh, got off to a really amazing start. And we're going to run a Explore Mayan Ruins trip with those two back together, back to back in March. So anyway, check out under30experiences.com if you are interested in traveling with us, if you're interested in fitness, if you're interested in yoga, or you just want to go and see something awesome in the world, check it out. Next up, we have Daniel DiPiazza. Oh, one other quick thing. Don't forget about the Under 30 Experiences Ugly Sweater Parties. They are happening all over through the world. Uh, Well, let's call it all over through the U.S. and Canada, but through most of our big cities, we are having... Ugly sweater parties. This is uh, what the Under 30 Experiences community is all about. Having fun in your own local community and not just when we are on trips. So if you want to meet someone awesome uh, in your local community who you can hang out with, who aren't doing the same old boring thing, check out under30experiences.com slash blog so you can check out those Ugly sweater parties, and uh, next up we have Daniel DiPiazza. We're going to talk about peak performance as usual. We're going to talk about social anxiety and how all of these push notifications, Instagram comments, Facebook uh, notification, Messenger that won't install for your phone, iMessage, WhatsApp, blah, 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 not to mention emails is just a little too overwhelming for the busy person and how you can combat that. So listen up. It is a good conversation. It happens to take place in Costa Rica and uh, it starts to pour on us. So excuse the rain. Let that soothe you and listen in. Daniel DiPiazza, everyone, live from Costa Rica. Cheers, bro. Cheers, man. Good uh, Good to see you. Good to see you too, my friend. Again. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Um, this is our second time together in Costa Rica. Oh, because you weren't for the other ones. You weren't here. You're right. I missed one trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then we had a trip. Of course, we had a trip to Nicaragua, which is the original. Before that, no, not before that, Peru. Peru. You've done with us. Yeah. And 
my we, fifth trip. We hung out in Santa Monica? Yeah. Wait, what was that? Was that recently? The first time we ever met. Oh, that was in Santa Monica. That's right. That's right. That was like two years ago now, huh? At least. 2013. Yeah. At least. Um, it was like November 2013, I remember. Dude, I feel like I've known you for a lot longer than yeah. that. Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, mutual interests and mutual friends. It's actually, it's almost exactly two years because I was there because my nieces were born. Yeah. And then we, and then, and then, I think December we ended up going on. That was November we saw you in Santa Monica, and then December we went on Nicaragua. That's right. So we became uh, fast friends. Yeah. And you haven't seen Sarah since that time. Wow. Yeah. Two years. Yeah. Huh? I was like, you haven't seen Matt since. She's like, I don't care about Matt. <laughs> I, I don't. Blame. She sees you guys. Like, she sees you by Skype. And, she feels like she sees you all the time, so I'm like, Matt is, Matt. So look, I want to get better at introducing the podcast guests. Okay. And I'm going to do a recording before this, right? And sure, now, sure, it's, sure, sure. now people are all confused because we're talking about something that already <laughs> happened and blah, blah, blah. Can you tell people who Daniel DiPiazza is? And then we're going to get right to the root of our problem because we are here in Costa Rica and... Crying our eyes out. We're, we're being two bitches. We're no, being, we're not. No, we're not. We're not? No, we're not. We're not. That's a negative thought pattern. Okay, look, I'm going to say some negative things in this next hour, so <laughs> you're going to have to deal with it. Um, but the point is that we both have some anxiety and some stress that we want to talk about, even yeah. though things look like they're going great in both of our lives. And, and I mean, they really are. So we both have. Objectively. Objectively, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I actually feel that way. I don't know how, how you feel, and we can get into that. But uh, first, who is Daniel DiPiazza? Oh, uh, okay. So I run rich20something.com, and you can find me on all the social media things at the same same address. And uh, just waiting for the motorcycles to clear. We are trying to do this on the porch of Costa Rica. I actually, I actually think it will be fine, honestly. Uh, we are going to get better at this video quality. Uh, video quality. Audio quality. Jared O'Toole is going to be bringing down some badass peeps of microphone equipment uh, continue Dan uh, yeah so richwaysummit.com and uh, we teach people how to how to uh, build businesses that they care about with skills they already have and we also do a lot of really cool videos we're doing mostly YouTube these days um, so check us out so we're down here doing a mastermind group for your community yeah, yeah. and uh, some things have come up you know, because this is a, a safe environment, right, where we're yes. all supposed to be uh, honest with each other. And some things came up from both of us just about having the same kind of, I guess we both said social anxiety. I didn't think of it like that. I just think anxiety in general. I think it's more, social anxiety to me is more like you're afraid to talk to people. Not afraid to talk. To Not people. afraid to talk to people. I think it's more of a general anxiety around. I think it, what I think is I think it's anxiety around inbound communication. All right. So the, to to preface this for the reader, um, we get so much con. We get so much shit in our inbox. And all of us, everybody listening, right? Twenty first century. We're not trying to sit here and say. You know, Daniel and I are, are cool because we have podcasts. It's not a cool thing. I mean, yeah. That's yeah. a fucking pain in the ass. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm a day late on my podcast, and we just had to, I guess I can say it. Well, fuck it. We had to 
let go of our virtual assistant, and uh, yeah, it didn't it didn't work out. So now nobody does the podcast, and now dad <laughs> now daddy's stressed out. So uh, where were we going with this? Oh, in 21st century, uh, iMessage, right? WhatsApp, Facebook, Messenger, um, email, Instagram comments. Where a uh, Facebook book comments is there anywhere else that somebody is likely to get in contact with you you I could mean, call me but i don't pick that shit up oh i pick up i live in Costa Rica. Yeah, i don't yeah, pick yeah. up um don't is there anywhere it, oh slack. slack slack now we have slack messenger within our team and uh, those are the oh and skype but don't try to find me on skype because if I'm on Skype, I'm only looking for you. Yeah. So those are the places that people can quote unquote get a hold of me, but I really try to just narrow it to if you really know me and it's gonna be probably best way is iMessage, yeah. right? And occasionally there's a couple people that I talk to on WhatsApp. I'm not even sure why, it's just an international thing, I guess. And uh, Facebook Messenger, I'll get back to you, but I start to get real bad anxiety about that. I, dude, un, actually not just dude, uh, everybody listening, delete your Facebook Messenger. You can delete the whole thing? Delete the whole damn what? thing. Yeah, oh. just fucking push the button. There's a, oh, you mean delete all the messages? No, delete, put, hold on I'm iPhone. Oh, you mean hold the. Hold it, delete it. Oh, that sounds scary. It's not scary at all. Uh, and then, even if you, un, if you reinstall it, then. Simply say, do not push notifications because you can't turn off those push notifications. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. it lets you turn them off for 48 hours or some bullshit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so that helped me. But, you know, if you message me on LinkedIn or any of the other million platforms. So the, the point is that we're so inundated with all of this communication and everybody in the world is that... Uh, it's hard, and I am very much all about airplane mode, but it's real hard. What, what are we going to do? Well, how I mean, are we going to help people listening also? I think a few things. Bitching. Well, sometimes bitching is okay. I mean, I think a few things. I think, you know, um, so we live in this culture where everyone wants to be, wants to, a lot of people want to grow a following, and they want to connect with more people on social media, and they want to you know, expose themselves that way, but it's kind of this double-edged sword because the more that you grow that those individual platforms, the more access people have to your time, and then and then you open yourself up for more of that inbound communication, which is not a bad thing when you're talking one-to-one. Like, I have no problem talking one-to-one with anybody, but what ends up happening is when you have all these platforms, WhatsApp, Facebook messages, text messages, email, phone calls, all this stuff, then everyone's sending you one message, and now you have you know, 100 messages to read every few minutes, and it, it gets to the point where it makes you not want to do anything. It makes you not want to do anything. And I think that, you know, we were saying last night at dinner, I think one of my rea- realizations was that I'm a human being, and I don't think that, you know, our brains have evolved yet to, like, cope with the amount of information being given to us all the time I now. completely agree. Our, there are studies how our attention span 
has gone down dramatically. Dramatically. Like you think you wonder why kids have ADD. Yeah. Because all they're doing is watching TV and playing video games and get flashed every two yeah. seconds with something more stimulating. And you know, we as adults are quote unquote working and we all work online and we're just getting smacked with banner ads that we don't even see anymore. I mean it's not even banner ads, man. It's like I was in the I was in the Manuel Antonio National Park today and I had to fight the urge to like check different apps and stuff like I had to fight the urge to like see if my Instagram post had got any more likes fight the urge to like check little messages or Snapchat or whatever and it's not that I it's it's almost a, it's, a, it's an unconscious response or a subconscious response to just we've been training ourselves to always look for that next dopamine hit of like I got a notification yeah that's what I was going to ask you is it because you feel better when your Instagram Posts are blowing up. Yeah, but it's like a, it's a bottomless pit, you know. It's like okay, you got one thousand likes. I want it to get two thousand. You know, it never, it never really. There's never like a limit when you're satisfied. It's always just more, more and more. And I think all of it is resulted now. And like we, the, the whole thing with kids and ADD, and it, it's like drugs like Adderall are just trying to get kids back to the baseline where they just can't read a book. It's not, you know. Yeah. Like yeah, and, and I'm very very much in favor of, of course, airplane mode, right? But when I'm with a group, I am present. And my phone might not be on airplane mode, but I am not paying attention to anything that's going on. Or if, if, I'm, if I'm at dinner with somebody, you will not catch me checking my phone. Um, or if it's, I don't turn my phone on first thing in the morning, or I have my time for meditation. I have, I'm very, very good at that kind of stuff. And I I have no push notifications uh, on my phone other than, I don't think I have any now that Facebook Messenger is deleted or whatever. Um, but I'm very good with that. Plus, all the radiation or whatever, not to talk pseudoscience because I don't have the, I don't have the, the facts in front of me, but the Wi-Fi signals are supposed to be really bad for you. Um, really? So there, so you heard about this study. Uh, so there was a, not a study. There was a catastrophe in Canada, where people, uh, where the power companies came in and they put in a super strong Wi-Fi signal in everyone's house to transmit the meter uh, reading back to the base, like two five miles away, whatever. And that Wi-Fi signal, super strong, made everyone really sick. And now everybody's uh, like. Ill, like physically ill. Um, I, I'm not sure I heard about this over a year ago. And after that, I just started, like, never walk around with your phone with the Wi-Fi signal going. Yeah, I, I never do that. I really try not to keep it in my pocket. I mean, I'm as guilty as anybody, but if I can't keep my phone in my backpack, I really like to do that. Or if I'm working, don't keep it in your pocket. At least keep it on the desk. Um, I don't know if you know my friend Ben Greenfield. Uh, he does like um, Ben Greenfield Fitness. And he completely de-Wi-Fi'd his house. Yeah, you know? that's that's the reason. And if you can hardwire, definitely hardwire. Now there's things that you can plug into your wall uh, for "quote unquote" bad electricity. And you guys can look it up, or we can link up some stuff in the show notes uh, about this. But there there's that, of course, right? Um, there, a lot of people try to do it naturally with charcoal. Charcoal, you know, if you drink, if you drink charcoal, you can detoxify. It's a huge detoxifier, right? If you if you overdose on anything, they're going to give you charcoal to drink. Well, 
you can also put charcoal in the room and I've physically taken a piece of charcoal and seen if it conducts electricity or radio waves and it physically does and so that's supposed to that it basically is a conductor of that stuff and so instead because your body is a conductor right your body is an electromagnetic field and so uh, I always think of this thing I'm pointing off in the distance right now but um here in Costa Rica, at the top of the one of these mountains, there's a huge, I don't know what it is. Eerie radio, tower. A eerie radio tower <laughs> with microwaves and satellites. Red and blinking satanic lights. It really does look <laughs> satanical, doesn't it? But yeah, I think, uh, okay, well, I don't want to get cancer from that thing. Um, but look, we don't know that, we don't know that this is true, right? There are studies, certainly, that we can look at. But we just don't know. The shit has not been around. Wi-Fi has not been around long enough to for us to know if we yeah if we have if we're gonna get cancer from this stuff. You know, people literally didn't know that smoking was bad for them, and the government covered it up. One would have thought there could have been some sort of inkling. I believe there was an inkling or two. (laughs) Um, But back to the topic at hand. Yeah, disable your push notifications. Go on airplane more mode, please. But. Really, it's more about, I think, getting rid of your ego and saying, look, what my Instagram does today means nothing about me. I love, actually, because, of course, I feed my ego in the opposite direction. If I'm like, fuck it, I'm putting up this post, I'm not looking at it for three hours, and if everybody hates it, that's cool with me. You know what I mean? (laughs) I like to do that kind of stuff. Of course, it's a different type of ego play, of course. But... It also is, I don't care, and I'm going to go on, move on to the next thing, and that's okay with me. And that's a, that's a practice that's, that's worked for me. But um, I don't know. Tell, tell me more about why with all of this chatter, right, on your phone and, of course, on the computer, that makes you feel like – that makes you very anxious. Is that right? Because that's how yeah, I feel. I mean, anxious is the word. I mean, um, I think that – I think I think for me one of the the biggest challenges is feeling like I'm I'm letting people down, you know, because part of what we're doing is trying to show people interesting things that we're doing and hope that they get our message and then, you know, try to give them a piece of ourselves. And every time you create content, every time you take people on a trip, every time you engage with people, you're hoping to give them a piece of you, you're hoping to help them in some way. And then when you try to do that at scale, you're trying to replicate yourself. But the problem is that, you know, there really is only one of you. And social media does a good job of helping you scale, but at a certain juncture, it's like, okay, the people who I'm trying to help need a response, whether it's via social media or email or text message or phone call. And so I need to do something to respond to them. And then, you know, it's, um, I feel a lot of anxiety if I can't get back to everyone. Well, and, and to be clear, these are clients. These are people who are in our community, but also friends. Also, Clients, no word of a lie friends. on the walk here. Yeah. I was, I finally called my mom. I told you I was going to oh, call yeah, my yeah, mom yeah. because I've been stressed out for two weeks. And what, and uh, so she passed the phone to my brother. He's like, Hey, did you get those pictures I sent you? He was like going through old photos, family photos and found some cool ones of us and sent me. And I was like, yeah, actually, I gave up on that inbox. Uh, you need to send them to this one. Yeah, yeah, but I felt yeah, like yeah. such a dick. It's my brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
But I think that, you know, again, we're, we're humans and we're, we weren't meant to have all these, these different ways to get in touch with us. We went, I mean, back in the day, like, you know, it used to be like, I sent you a letter. Did you receive it? Right. Um, no, there was never anybody stressed out when the postman was yeah, coming no, to their I house. Mean, you know, bills, sure. But sure, like, okay, you know, yeah. Personal letters, never a stressful thing. You know, even phone calls. You remember when it was like a landline phone call and your, your only way of screening would be like, I'm looking at caller ID, I choose whether to answer or not, and then that was like the decision of the day. Yeah, yeah. You know, but now it's like people can literally force their way into your life, whether you want them to or not. No, I, I can I, I, yeah. about that? Like they can pop, they can make themselves pop up on your phone and force their way into your day. Not that it's a bad thing, especially if it's like clients or friends, but it's the aggregate effect if of that. If you let them. Yeah, if you let them. If you let them get to you, right? And uh, so it's starting to rain here in Costa Rica. We've had monsoons the last yeah, three bad, nights. Um, it's been beautiful the last couple of days. If this gets worse, we need to move this inside. So I think. Inside um, yeah, we should. But... It's if we let if if we let people into our into our minds into our push notifications if we let people uh, make us feel bad right and I'm very much come from the non-victim school of training right like <laughs> you will never do anything that will hurt me because I hold the power I will never let up power and be like. Daniel wrote me this and it hurt me, okay? No, Daniel didn't do shit, okay? Or Daniel, Daniel was an asshole, okay, fine. But I'm not going to let that hurt me or I'm not going to let – but we let this into our minds and we let this say, oh, my God, I feel so overwhelmed. And at the end of the day, this is why I always say that it's, that it's ego is because we just need to have this need to feel important all of the time and everybody does and like oh so many people are contacting me and we can't even call our own mothers <laughs> what kind of bullshit is that let's move inside <laughs> brief brief pause here we're we're still rolling rolling daniel so in real time all right we're gonna pause this sorry guys because we need to turn some of these fans off all right, so we're back. Daniel and I are curled up on the couch. Up on the couch. The fans are off. The rain is pouring outside, and Daniel's checking his fucking phone. I know. I, I want to know what happened in the 19 minutes. In the fucking 19 minutes. Okay. It's a, it's a train. You know what I think it is, man. I think I think with the social media, I think you have to um, untrain yourself. I think it, I think it's a you, we've been trained. Every new app that comes along, every new widget, every new gadget. Like the, I think a lot of the a lot of the selling points for apps and new technologies that makes it easier to connect. But maybe that's not always a good thing. No, it's terrible. <laughs> maybe that's actually horrible. You know, um, it's terrible. And we, you know, I remember watching the Jetsons as a kid and looking at you know all the technology they had and thinking, wow, what would, what would it be like to talk to someone in one second? But now I'm like, that sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay. So this is where it gets me when I actually have important stuff to do. And then I just start to, I get anxiety around the important stuff. And I create mental blocks for myself. We were talking about this a little bit last oh. night. But I had a 1,500 euro bill for a transportation company in Ireland. 
that just slipped through the cracks, right? So it came into my inbox, and I looked at that, and I had anxiety because this job was just another thing to do on my list. And I was like, oh, I'll star this and save it for later. Well, nine days later, the one of our vendors who we like to treat very well emails me back, and now I look, now I look bad. You know, we want to pay them immediately. And so because of our mastermind last night, we decided, I decided that when there's an email for me, right, but I just can't, I'm going to star it and, and just come back to it or just have this anxiety around it or it's just, you know, it's not a big deal to reply, but we all have this, just we don't want to reply right now for whatever reason. I'm just going to forward it. I'm just going to forward it to the appropriate person because it's not my job to pay the bills, right? And that's Jared's job. Yeah. So I just need to forward it to him immediately and, and not worry about that. Hi, uh, hi, Mr. Kilbride. Uh, I'm, hey, I just wanted to say we had a lovely time. Uh, your driver, Sean, was excellent. We really liked the, the town of Kilkenny, and we're looking forward to having you next year. Jared will pay the CCC. Right, that's the normal kind of just nice niceties that I would say. I think a lot of times, unfortunately, we'll, we're going to have to get rid of the niceties. And I'm just going to have to forward that email to Jared. And from now on, standard protocol, the system is Jared's just going to respond uh, from himself and be like, hey, uh, it's all paid. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, I think also, um, I think that, you know, part of the problem with, part of, part of the issue with being overwhelmed in the inbox is that every email isn't just, it would be one thing if you could just respond to that and that would be the end. But every communication that you send is an invitation to more communication. And so every conversation, every every reply is most likely another reply. And every every message is a chain of messages. So for instance, I think to myself, I have, I'm working on redoing my website right now and um, my designer needs some things from me. And every time I reply to him, he's going to reply back to me. And then he's going to reply back to me, I'm going to reply back to him. There's going to be this ongoing conversation. And if you multiply that by everyone in the inbox, now there's constant chatter, oftentimes being pushed to my phone, forcing me to make decision after decision after decision. There's been a lot of research that shows that your decision-making power gradually goes down as the day wears on. And, you know, so multiply that times, you know, dozens of decisions a day, times multiple days a week, times, you know, hundreds of days a year. And all of a sudden, you're just a constant decision-making machine. And that is extremely taxing. So I think that, you know, where possible, we should try to reduce the strain we put on our willpower by reducing the amount of decisions we have to make. I, I really like that. And um, <laughs> I have to, before I get to decisions, I wish this was on video because my laptop is here in between us and your cell phone is resting your <laughs> beer is on top of your cell phone. I don't give a shit about your coaster cell phone. But I care if that beer falls on my laptop. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, no, all good. Um, it's working well, though. So I pride myself on being a decision-making machine. I love to make decisions. Yeah, it's stressful, though. It's, it's stre- but if you, it's like a muscle. If you continue to just use your decision-making machine all the time, right? It's like, but it's like going to the gym. If you go to the gym and you can just bang out reps on an exercise that you, a muscle that you have worked on, worked on, worked on, 
and it's so easier for you, but you need that couple hours where you're just at the gym and you're just doing, you're just making decisions. Somebody suggested to me, and it was the most ridiculous thing, they're like, well, do you have a set time in your day where you uh, answer your emails? And I was like, uh, no, I kind of forgot about that. It's never, I have 4,300 unread emails. <laughs> and then that's when the stress builds, that's when the anxiety builds. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very much in the camp of, uh, a lot of these things were discussed in the four-hour work week, but very much in the camp of, of not answering your emails till 10, 11 o'clock in the, in the morning after you do your most important objectives. But I, um, I never then sit and I'm like, so cool that I don't answer my emails at all. And then that stresses me out even farther where today I just sat for 20 minutes, answered them all, and it turned out all right. Well, I think also... But I used that decision-making... Uh, muscle during a short period of the day. And yeah, I had to pay bills and I had to get back to people and I had to make decisions, but then it was done. I mean, that, that, that works. I, for me, I think also you have to realize that most of the, I mean, yes, there's like the vitally important things, but then a lot of times most things don't need a decision. Like I would say a good 90% of things that just because you can make a decision on something doesn't mean you need to make a decision. You know, like, so my thing is I try to find, I'll look through my inbox and I try to read everyone's things. I try to respond to the ones I can, but sometimes I'll, I'll just have to let things go, man. I'll, I'll just, because I realize that the world keeps spinning if I don't answer every email. I'll try to read them. I try to get back to people. I try to respond to comments. But I, my hope is that people who email me, read my stuff, um, who, who try to get in contact with me, understand that I can't get to everything and if the people who really try to get in touch with me they, they the people who really want to talk to me end up getting in touch with me whether it's by iMessage or Facebook message or email or you know WhatsApp or on a, on a comment somewhere they, if you want to get in front of me you can it's not that hard but I purposely let something slip through the cracks because I'm like look you know I most most emails that go unanswered don't cause earthquakes it just nothing happens. No. And nothing. it's fun. Like literally nothing happens. So I have to sometimes suck that up and just eat it because sometimes for me, and this is just my personal, the way my brain personally works, um, it causes me a lot of anxiety to even sit down at the computer for like 30 minutes and plow through emails. That makes me want to scream. I can't do it. Because even after, even after 30 minutes, I'll never have made enough progress where it will make a difference. And that, it, it, if I could do 30 minutes and done, and I didn't have, and I was inbox zero, great. But 30 minutes is not even gonna fucking make a dent. It's gonna, it's gonna do, I mean, even now, I have, you know, more, you have more than me, but I have like hundreds of unread emails, and I, I just do my best. But I just can't do it all, so I say, you know what? Try again tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what, it's, it's not a competition either. There was like that, that Gary Vaynerchuk phase where how many emails could he respond to oh, as yeah, fast yeah, as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love Gary Vaynerchuk, but everyone wears this stuff as a badge of honor. Like, oh, I worked 16 hour days, oh, fucking my God. crushed it, right? And can we, just, can, we, can we talk about that for a minute? Sure. With the, with the Vaynerchuk. I haven't met Gary. I'm sure I will eventually. He seems like a great guy. Have you met him? Uh, many times. Yeah, he's a good guy? He's a really good guy. Okay, yeah. So I have nothing bad to say about him. He seems like a great guy. I like his brand. Uh, I like what he stands for, but I personally think that, like, you know, 
you don't to be successful, you don't have to purposely burn yourself out. And I don't think that he promotes burning yourself out, but I think that a lot of people. I think he does. Well, I think he, he looks, looks like, like shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. Are you? Well, you, it's your podcast. I mean, I know him. I, it, yeah. he, he would. I mean, I know him not really well, but like we play basketball together. Yeah. And I look. I don't think his brand is. I don't think his brand is burn yourself out. But I think with the Instagram culture now and the way entrepreneurship is very trendy right now, and part of the thing is gotta be hustling. You know, 18 yeah. hour days. And you know what? That was more him in 2008, 2009. He's like he that sparked now. that. I know he still is that now, and that's why his hair is thinning. And <laughs> I mean, I mean and, and, and Gary, anytime you want to go play some ball, I haven't touched a ball in a long time, but I know that I'm going to, I'm not, I know I'm going to bang on you down low, and you're not going to have the endurance to keep up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's just one of those things. It's just like, you know, I, um, another person I admire, I don't know if you know uh, E.T., the hip-hop preacher. No. This YouTube guy, and he talks about how he wakes up at 3.30 in the morning to get things done. I think, you know... That's badass. I mean... I think you, last time you were on the podcast, you were waking up at 4 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> you but, were. But what time you go to bed, though? That's the thing. That's the thing. That's uh, of course. You know, but, but it's kind of just like... And I, and I do wake up early on some days. Every day, not. But I, I think that people are getting, are getting like... You're getting too wrapped up in the idea of the 24-7 hustle. And we work, both of you and I work very hard, but I look at someone like Gary and I'm like, wow, I'm never going to work as hard as him. Maybe I'll never be successful. I don't think that's true. No, it's not true because there's nothing, there's nothing that you can physically do, right, to make a billion dollars, right? There's nothing that you can physically do today that's going to get, working harder is not going to help. Right, coming up with a better idea or making that specific connection, that's going to help. And it's a monsoon outside right now. We should we should pause it, listen to the audio with this one rain, and see what it sounds like. Sure. All right, we're back. It's pouring like hell, and yeah, we know you guys can hear it. Daniel's checked his phone nine times nine since times. we were oh, since we were gone. Twitching. But I don't know. I just think of. If you, I want to be paid to be a thinker, right? I do not want to be paid to be a hustler and just slaving away at my computer all the time. Gary would say that you're not going to be able to get what you want unless you hustle. That's what he would say. Gary can pay people to hustle for him. So you're saying he's not hustling? No, but he he is. But right to scale to a billion dollars. Always on. Nobody wants to be. Oh, is that his thing? For sure, no, for sure. Right? So if he wants to be a billionaire, then you need to be able to create scalable systems. And I can't, I can't differentiate, right? When I, my, between my left brain and my right brain, I cannot just be like banging out emails, right? Going to be a billionaire because I'm banging out emails. That's yeah. bullshit. That's not, that's not the... Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is too, like... At a certain point, your top. And this is a, this is a, a change I had to make. I had to make the I had to make the transition in my thought between hustler and CEO. Hustler is I'm doing everything all the time, and it has to be me, and it can only be me. And I and everything I do, everything I everything I do is another dollar. And now I think, all right, maybe I'm not the best person. Probably I'm not the best person to do this. Probably I'm not. You know. And if I'm not, who is? How can they do this? And how can I, at every step of the way, take more of a, take more of a holistic approach to the business and like direct people 
than always doing it myself. Like a simple example would be um, uh, with, with, with my syndication partner. So I, I work with a bunch of different outlets. So Time, Entrepreneur, Fortune, we just got into Inc., all those places. And it, it might take me 30 to 45 minutes just to set up one article for a partner to push out, right? And if, so if I do that for all the partners, I might have 10 different partners, that'll take me a good seven to eight hours. Wait, you, know? you don't have someone do that for you? I do not. Okay, because that's the reason I don't syndicate my articles and I have opportunities much mm-hmm. like you do. And the reason I don't is because it just takes too much. It I don't takes have a lot of time. I have 10 hours to be able to publish my stuff like Cross Business Insider mm-hmm. and Huffington Post and all these Inc. and Forbes and I've written for all these places. I literally just don't have the time yeah. and it's stupid. It takes a lot of time. And so what I realized was, man, okay, this still needs to get done. Like our work still needs to be out in these sources. I can't do it. If I don't, if, if it doesn't get done, that's bad. I can't do it though. Who does it? Got to hire someone to do it. Yeah. You know? So I started to have anxiety and I'm just going to speak openly about my experience with, with the assistant. So I started having anxiety around responding to her emails because it was too much. She had too many questions. She couldn't figure out anything on her own. And yeah, a yeah, super yeah. nice person, but she couldn't figure it out on her own. And it was just too much for me to handle. So I started having anxiety. I wasn't getting as much out of the relationship as I could. And uh, yeah, so or we, like, you had to train her and do it yourself, basically. You know? Yeah, exactly. And for example, if we have a new employee, right, and they start asking me, like, wait, you have a you can write for Huffington Post anytime you want. Yes, that's true. Why don't you do that? And I'm like, I want to shake Right? Like, I don't have time to call my own mother. And, uh, and so I start freaking out. I haven't called out. my mom. You think I'm going to write for Huffington Post right now? Right. Fuck Ariana. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I can't control well, my anger. One, one good thing about having, like, um, physical employees with you rather than virtual employees you can show them stuff so right this is why i started why i opened up like a like an office space in santa monica and then i hired employees in that office space locally because now we work together as a team and it's much easier to communicate an idea and we get a lot more done that way i have some friends who do all virtual teams it's really hard it's really hard really we've hard. been virtual for for years and yeah, so uh, hard. real real talk i know the story i told you the story last night but i'll uh, I'll share it with the podcast listeners. I had to sleep on the couch. Well, okay, so we have the U30X house in Costa Rica. I had to sleep on. I was the odd man out, boss man, sleeping on the couch. You know, times are hard. And uh, I woke up 7.30 in the morning, and our team is in the living room. No coffee has been made, and they have, they're asking me questions, and I'm like, I'm in a meeting right now, and I in, love this shit. In so your bed. It's cool. In my bed. In, the meeting, in my bed, on the sofa. And uh, there was in a meeting. Yeah. It's, um, the, the struggle is real. The struggle is real. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, but I think that, I think that probably one of the, I think coming back to all this social anxiety, more inbound requests, um, managing yourself, I think that, you know, two things will help. One, better self-awareness. Which I think you have, and I'm still developing. Self-awareness is like, when am I off course? So for me, you know, 
Even if I can't solve the problem right now, noticing that I have a constant urge to check updates for me is the first step. Like, okay, I notice that I have a gnawing urge to check my updates, check my index, check my email, and I'm realizing that it's not my fault, I'm not a bad person, it's just part of how I've conditioned myself to behave over the last few years, or you know, maybe the last 10 years or so. Um, and then the second step is like, then consciously reversing that training by not doing it, by finding ways to mitigate some of that anxiety, which for me is sometimes I just don't answer everything, you know, just because it's, it's, it's the only way I can survive. Um, and then doing that. And then sometimes, it's, you know, in between, uh, you do what you can. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And if you, you know, so I wrote for the first time in months today. Oh, and right. yeah, thank God. I just needed to do it. I just needed to sit down and, and write and, and get connected back to what I love to do. And, and that's, yeah, have these conversations, but also write and, you know, express my, this sounds corny, but express my feelings. And because and, I know that other people are going through this. And I, at a point where I wanted to snap today because uh, 4G, 4G, 4G connection in, in Costa Rica, whatever, I'm, I'm FaceTime audioing with Jared, who uh, it works out perfectly. And then my landlord is calling me because she wants to come and fix something in the apartment. And every time she calls, she called me like three times in a row. She, it knocks you off the FaceTime. And I was flipping out. And then the, the cleaning lady is at the, at the gate. And she's like, Don Mateo, Don Mateo. And I'm like, no, leave the fuck alone. And I was like, all right, dude, be self-aware. You need, you need a change in your life right now. And uh, I was talking this to my mom. And, and she and I are very, as she pointed out, cut from the same cloth. And yeah, I've, I've been going surfing and I've been working out and doing yoga, but I, I feel like it's just another thing on my to-do list in my type oh. A personality. And that sucks. Yeah, you don't want to feel like it's a chore. Man. Right, it's a chore. And then I'm thinking about what I have to do after that. During You're it, I'm not completely... Yeah, I know, I know. So... Uh, I think a lot of, I think you're absolutely right though. A lot of this is about being self-aware and then hopefully you guys will have read this article because I will have finished it and uh, it's just like another rant on Facebook that'll eventually, maybe hell, even syndicate to Huffington Post because I think it's good enough. Get someone to do it. But thank you, but is the rawness and if you can be vulnerable with yourself and if you can ask yourself the tough questions and then say, Oh yeah, right. I am being uh, I am being ridiculous right now. What's wrong? Like, can I look myself in the mirror and ask myself what's wrong and be authentic with myself? Then you can be authentic with other people, and uh, that's where I think why people like a lot of our stuff. Uh, not to toot our own horns, but but we're real. We're talking about the shit that affects us, and there's no filter on this whatsoever. My my dad does this thing that. Um, I hate, but I have to be self. I have to be aware about it, you know, and try to try to appreciate it. He does this thing. I call it like, um, I call it war dial. And what he does is, he will call me nonstop until I pick up. Like if he oh, has, God. if he has, like if he wants to talk to me, it could just be, it could be like he'll call me and I'll be working. And I'll be like, I'll call him back later. And he will call me three, four, five times back to back to back. And it will be on my phone. It will be on my computer. If I'm wearing the Apple Watch, it'll be on that. And I'm like, ah, I'll be like. 
finally be like, hello, yes, hi. And be like, what you doing? <laughs> and I'll be like, is everything okay? Anyone died? Mom slip and fall? I'd be like, no, I just want to know what you're doing. Have you ever told him that that is an inappropriate way to communicate with you? You know what? I reversed on myself and I said, you know what? You should be lucky that your dad is around to call you five times in a row just to say what's up. That is cool. That's great, but you need to talk to him. <laughs> I'm not going to let you pass on this. No, I, you know what I do now? I have the phone mostly on silent now or airplane mode. So when I turn it on, I'll see dad, miss call, parentheses, five. <laughs> okay, so... Is he going to use this against you? I will, I will have unnamed family members <laughs> who will then use this against me. War dial. If, but they're going to be like, oh, you never call me. No, my, my family has come to an understanding now that my phone is mostly an outbound device. <laughs> no, you have, to, you have to cope with your own shit. I know. It's, it's, but, but, I, but, no, but one way I do frame it, though, is I used to get exasperated, but now I usually will pick up and be like, what's up, Dad? You know, and I, this sounds to, to people who might be listening, they might sound like, what a fucking whiny ass bitch your dad's calling you. Pick up. But what I'm trying to express is that I'm at a point in my life, this is a personal thing, I'm at a point in my life where I get so many people that and, uh, even I'm uncomfortable talking like this. I, make, I think it makes me sound like a douche. But I have so many people that want my attention that a lot of people get pushed out. And of course, I'm going to call my dad back. But I get exasperated when someone, you know, when, he, when he's like repeatedly calling me, I'm like, what's up, man? And so that's something that I have to deal with. And I have to not take that exasperation out on him because, you know, my dad doesn't even have Facebook. So like for him, he like the phone is a very normal way to communicate. And it's like it's like not an it doesn't bother. Phone is not like a source of anxiety. For him, you know, so for him, it's just like, where's my son? I want to talk to him. People here in Costa Rica, they call. Yeah. The callers. Right? They still do that shit. <laughs> and it bothers me so much. I'm like, what? why do I want to talk to you right now? And it's so gringo. Who, who calls you? Uh, the landlord, the cleaning lady, the... I don't know. Those are the only two people that That's ever so call two me. People. But they call me a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. Other, other people like... Well, the the uh, landlord gave her gave my number to her son who run who has the local uh, works for the local paper and he wants me to advertise under thirty experiences in the local paper and no matter how many times I explain to him it's not the market it's not the market he just he still wants my business and I don't know just that kind of thing but all right let's stop whining. A, a little a, bit. That, that was a good, that was needed. Therapy yeah. session. Needed. Um, there's so many directions that we could go, but I think sticking with the theme of how we uh, are so many distractions in today's day and age and how our generation, you know, they can be the job chasers. And can we talk about shiny object syndrome? Because oh, yeah. we were talking about this uh, last night during our mastermind, and it's ridiculous that all of the people at the mastermind are successful at something, except they want to be doing something else, so they want to go be chasing something else. And we were talking like, if you're on your gold mine, don't go look for another one. Or if you're on your, I don't know, we just want to be these all, we just want to do everything. And I think it has a lot to do with. The age of social media, there's, we know what all of our quote-unquote friends are doing, and they all seem like they have better lives because they frame it better on Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, 
What's your What's your take on shiny objects? I mean, shiny object syndrome is is tied to FOMO. You know, fear of missing out. Sure. Like you feel like if you are, if you're doing something for too long, it's likely that there's something else better going on that you're not doing. Yeah. You know, and I think this ties in a lot to relationships, um, especially like romantic relationships, being a long term relationship. Because um, we just hit our Sarah and I just hit our five year anniversary. Might as well be fifteen. Might as well be fifteen <laughs> in these days. In this day and age, and um, you know, I think that like one of the things that I've come to realize um, early is that like, especially in relationships, just as it is in jobs or just in other things, like there's going to be there's going to be like things you love about it, things you don't love about it, things that you love about the person, things you don't love about the person. But like in general, your happiness in any situation is more dependent on you than the situation. Right, so like you could be traveling the world and you could be ecstatic about it, or you could be depressed and miserable because of something else that you're doing. You could be with someone that you really love and you could be crazy about them, or you could have the exact same person and you could be miserable and thinking about wanting to be with someone else. And I think that like most of those those tensions, those anxieties, those insecurities, those like those those fears come from you know not from from not realizing that like. Your only your your inner state is only going to change um, from as a result of you know um, I guess as a result of how you're of how you're thinking and feeling day to day like just because just because you feel one day like you're frustrated with something or like you you might be missing out doesn't mean that you immediately act on that feeling and start jumping on something else you know we we experience this as as entrepreneurs we're like oh I got one project and I love it you know but now I found something else another good idea I'm gonna jump on that project. Just because you have a, a creative insight doesn't mean you drop what you're doing and do something else. And you know? that you're going to be – just because you were successful at one thing doesn't yeah. mean you're going to be successful at something else. Yeah, and, and dude, it's like – again, I, I, I just talk about relationships a lot because I think it's like a perfect tie-in. Sure. Like on Instagram, I don't know if you looked at this, but like there's an unlimited supply of like incredibly gorgeous women on Instagram. It's ridiculous. I don't know if you use Instagram for that, but that's what's going on. You, you know, I haven't used it for Check it that. Out. It's, no, sh- it's ridiculous. I'm going to get involved. It's, it's ridic- no, it's ridiculous. Like, the, the standard of beauty has ridiculously changed, and you have all these filters, and you get plastic surgery, of course. Like, there's so many hot women on Instagram. And, but Dude, women, I love Photoshop. I love Photoshop. No. And it's, and it's not just Photoshop. It's filters. I don't it's, use Instagram it's for perfect that. perfect angles. It's, but all I'm saying is that, like, <laughs> when, I, when I see that, I think to myself, man... Every single one of these girls also has like a ridiculous amount of the same things I have: problems, insecurities, personal shit. hundred you know? percent. And it's not like it doesn't make sense to be like, "Oh man, I want to be with that girl. I want to be with that girl." No, it doesn't work. No, it's ridiculous. You know? Stop reading your text messages. <laughs> yeah. uh, Rob just emailed me or just texted me. Okay. Uh, I feel like I should respond. I'm not going to. See, okay. See that's that's nice. Um, but look. And Instagram, yeah, it's the crock, it's the crock of shit. And I also want to say, I know I was, uh, I, I, I don't know what the, the word to use is, but when I was like, when you were like, oh, I've been with my girlfriend for five years, and I was like, oh, I might as well be fifteen. But I just meant, I just meant that in the way that, yeah, in this day and age, it, yeah. it, it does seem like it does seem like forever. And you know, you're a big deal on Instagram. You could have any yeah. IG. IG, come on, give me a rap term. I, IG, Ho? thought. Thoughts. You don't know what thought, thought? is? No. T H O T? No. Oh, look it up in the Urban Dictionary. 
Um, do you want to tell the podcast listener? I'll, I'll let them look at okay, thoughts. Right. Look, I wanted to go somewhere beyond Instagram here, and I wanted to ask you if you ever feel inner peace. I know it's a deep question. <laughs> I know it's a deep question. I but do feel inner peace. Yeah. Um, yeah? Jiu-jitsu, man. Inner peace, jiu-jitsu. Really? I, and I talked about this at dinner, but I think it's important to uh, explain why. And I, I think it's because, like, with jiu-jitsu, it's just, it's just truth. Um, when you are when you're sparring with someone, when you're rolling with someone, it's, it's meditation. It's like violent meditation. But also, sure. it's like you can't fake that. You can't get a thousand likes and be better on Instagram on, on, on at jiu-jitsu. You can't, you know, pump yourself up. You can't hype up your stuff and market your Instagram. It just, or market your, your jiu-jitsu. It's just what it is. It's like when you roll with someone, you, even if you don't like that person, you have to respect them because, because you can feel and see their training. And you can't, you can, it doesn't matter what color belt you wear, people know how good you are just based on how you interact with them. And so you can have people that you wouldn't normally talk to. You have cops and you have, you know, you, know, you have teenagers and you have, you know, kids from, that didn't come from good homes. You have, you know, you know snooty rich kids. You have all these people training. And the only, the only common denominator that they really have is, you know, the time and attention they put into this life, this, this meditation, this practice, this, this, this art. And, um, and also the way that you react to someone when you're rolling with them really tells a lot about you. Like what you're doing isn't something that you're trying to fake or trying to impress someone with. It's just a reflection of how you really feel because it's what you need to do at that time in order to make your next move, in order to progress. And so, and sometimes people do, you'll roll people who will like intentionally be dicks and do things they don't need to do just because it hurts a little bit extra just to fuck with you. And you're like, okay, I see. I see what you do. You, mm-hmm. do, you do this. There's no reason that you need to dig your thigh into my rib on that. You just did that just to do that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just truth. And so, and also when you're getting in such close proximity to people, but for me, that's peace because I don't feel like I need to front on anybody. You know, I don't need to, I don't need to like, I, I spend a lot of my time trying to promote myself trying to make myself bigger on Instagram and Facebook. I, I got so hyped when I got a blue check mark on all my social media. I was like, dude, I mean, this means something to me. Because you're verified. You yeah, know. it's a fucking, it's a blue pixel. It means nothing. You know, that shit don't mean nothing, though. When you're actually, like, dealing with another grown human uh, and you're only depending on what you have in your head and, and how you've trained yourself, like, that's just, that's truth. And for me, that's very freeing. I don't need to pretend to be anybody or who I am. And the only resource I have is my brain. And it doesn't matter if 100,000 people see the video. It doesn't make sure. me any better. It doesn't sure. matter. I can't, I can't run an ad to myself to make myself better. It just, you know what I'm saying? So it's just true. Yeah, and we're not judging ourselves by our metrics. Well, I, I am a lot of days. I mean, not, not in jiu-jitsu, but I am. I certainly do. Sure. No, I'm saying, I, I'm saying in other practices yeah. that we yeah. have. And, or, or people judge themselves by their, their, by their bank accounts. Yeah. Of yeah. course. That's, that's so classic. And yeah. if, you ha- if you develop something in your life that then you can... You can t- and you're still comparing yourself with someone else. Right? Like I struggle with, with surfing sometimes because there's just so many dudes who've been doing this since they were five years old. And I've been only surfing for a few years. And so I get it in my own head when these guys steal my waves or these guys are just, you know, there's a surf culture has a big, uh, there's a hierarchy of who is, 
who's good and who's cool and who wants to steal your waves and uh, you don't want to look like an idiot in front of them, etc. But it's supposed to be when I feel most at peace, a lot of times I'm not even on the wave. I am just seriously there on the board waiting for something, feeling in contact with nature because to me there's no cooler thing that you can do than literally time the movement of the earth so that you can just get up on it and ride it you i mean you want to talk about being in conjunction with nature or the quote-unquote universe that's what you're doing and so there's no i don't know i really try to uh, I really try to establish that, hey, I'm here. If I catch some waves, I catch them. If not, I'm not. But I'm here to be self I'm here to be aware. I'm here to experience this and not get wrapped up in this dude's ego because he can, uh, you know, because he could get some sick air or something like that. Um, so making sure that you don't compare yourself to other people is super important. And also, uh, I just wanted to, to say, with the work that we're doing and anybody listening, it's very important. If you are truly coming from an authentic place and trying to help other people with, with their work or, or through your work, whatever it is, if you're, if you're writing, if you're podcasting, if you're a musician, if you're an artist, and right, I'm not saying help other people like, uh, like an ego play, like, oh, I helped all these people. I'm saying... Which is also a... Yeah, of course, right? You can, you can just go down that if it's hey I want to add value to the world but it's just me adding value selflessly even the whole idea of adding value has become commoditized sure right you add value what is it worth right no but if you just literally are doing something out of the goodness of your heart and everybody listening knows the difference what it's like to put something out there that's authentic that's real and that's that you're not doing it for the metrics or to be better than somebody or uh, I'll even say more enlightened than someone else uh, because you're trying to sh- because you're trying to encourage people to live a better life where they're more at peace that's that's not the point and uh, that's all I got well can, well can I say something for a minute this, sure. this is the reason why um, like I'm so I'm so kind of just over so over internet marketing I'm so over it. And it's a powerful tool, but I'm so over, you know, the whole, like, buy now culture, the whole, like, sales page culture. I'm fucking over that shit because, you know, I feel like the the best analogy I can give is that when you have an original and then you continue to make Xerox copies, especially if you're copying the copy, um, you're Xeroxing the the copy that you make, every, every copy subsequently becomes more diluted, more muddled, more pixelated, right? Until the end result, you know, is just this choppy, abstract version of the original, which was a piece of a piece of art. So, like, back maybe, you know, I don't know, eight to ten years ago, um, internet marketing was kind of new, and, and it was it was innovative and sexy and fun to come up with an information product and um, and buy it online, and, and people were fresh and they were excited and it was great. But now, what's happened in the industry is that like. And if you scroll on your Facebook news feed, you fucking see this shit all the time. There's all these like, you know, buy this now and, you know, and, you know, click on this ad and, you know, I'll teach you how to live your life of freedom and joy and, you know, seven steps to becoming an entrepreneur and all this bullshit. And while it still works, me personally, I'm so frustrated with it because I feel like, one, it doesn't really, none of the stuff, none of the stuff I've ever seen and I've seen all this shit 
None of the shit I've ever seen actually shows you, like, if someone wanted, you, you could make a course on how to start a online business, and you could even make a course on how to start a travel business, but none of the information in that course would, would accurately reflect any of the shit we're saying right now. Like, none of the shit that you could say in the course, Matt, would, would reflect your day-to-day activities, would really show what it takes, you know, both mentally and physically to do this stuff, because it's just a course. Um, and, yeah. You know, sure. No, I was just going to say, but you can, your content can be as authentic and real as right, possible. Right, right. And well, what I'm noticing is that, like, a lot of people, they, they'll, they'll get some sort of, you know, like, they'll get a white backdrop, they'll do some slides, and I've even made courses like this, and they sell well, and they work well, and obviously they're good, it's good material, but I felt like I want to go away from that model because... The best thing I can do to show people, the best people, the best way I can teach people is just to show them what I'm doing. That's why we started shooting a reality series because I wanted to show people like, like this stuff that we're doing right now, all the stuff about the, the, the anxiety around inbound messaging, you know, like all the stuff I go through on a daily basis. I wanted to show people what actually happens behind the scenes because there is this FOMO, there's the shiny object syndrome, and I think if we address some of that, maybe the the future generation of entrepreneurs can be more prepared to deal with it, right? Because you came in before I did. But even when I came in, there's, I wasn't prepared for this. I didn't know that it was gonna be so, there's like this, there's like another side of the fence where it's not as shiny as it looks on the outside. And I'm not complaining about it, but it's just different. It's just different. It's just, you know, it's just different than I thought it would be. And so my goal is to maybe help people on the other side of the fence make a decision for themselves and prepare for some of these challenges that are kind of new to our generation, and then they can make a decision whether they want to go down this road of entrepreneurship. Because maybe it's not right for everyone, but the only way they can make a decision is with like accurate, real information, and not not packaged information that's shiny that will make them buy, but not actually help them. You know, I, I completely agree, and I just want to reiterate what you said about being original and not being a carbon copy of somebody else, and. I don't want to be corny, but everybody out there is an original, right? Oh. Everybody out there, you know, and I'm not talking about just internet marketing yeah, right oh, now, course, but right. everybody with whatever the hell they are doing or just being as a person, everyone's an original, but everybody's trying to be someone they're not, or everyone's trying to be like, look at Daniel DiPiazza as a guru and hey, yeah, you, you teach people how to, to make money online and I know you hate that exp- I know you hate that expression but what you're really doing is is the way that you do it and the way that I appreciate what you do is that you're teaching people okay take the the skills right you you even said it the skills that they already have the things they already love to do the quote unquote value that they can already provide the world and how can they then be able to make a living off of that making you know, pr- providing value, making the world a better place, right? If you are, that's what it means to provide value, right? I'm not talking about dollars and cents here. Yes, if you provide value to the world, you should get compensated in currency, yes. But everybody out there, especially if you're listening to this, trying to figure out what your next step is, trying to figure out what your next move is, what should I write about next, what should I, um, what's my next business idea, what side project should I state start? Don't just copy somebody else. Look at what is real. Nobody was starting a travel business 
when we started. Nobody was doing that. Absolutely nobody. Now there are people doing that. Well, and here's the problem. Copies work, though. They do. They work. They and do. So that's why it's so appealing. Because you're like, well, Matt just did this. I'm going to start under 40 experience. Sure, sure. Go you know? to over 30s. Or go to, there are many copies of. Rich 30s, under, I mean, is a real website. Okay, yeah. There are many copies yeah. of under 30 CEO. Yeah. And that's fine because that person, that person is just, just copying. Yeah. And that's it. Like, be your authentic self at the end of the day and do what you want to do and have the guts. Uh, to put it out there and people will respect that and that's new that's real that's raw that's authentic and uh, that gets people's attention yeah I mean uh, and I know we'll, we'll wrap this up but Joe Rogan said something interesting he, he was talking about you know um, being the hero of your own story and if you if you, you've seen that before, that uh, before? I've watched it many yeah, times it's, it's amazing he's like you know if you woke up tomorrow um, and you started your story from, from that point forward forgetting about all the shit that's happened in the past Forgetting about all the shit that you worried about, forgetting about all the shit that you thought made you a bad person, you know, how would you act as the protagonist of your story? What would you do? What amazing things would you want to accomplish? And and from a position of being your best self, what decisions would you make? And you probably, if you woke up tomorrow with a fresh slate as the hero of your own story, you probably wouldn't go online and find something that you wanted to copy and start doing start doing someone else's work. You'd be like, man, what do I want to do? You know, and you figure that shit out. You know, you never hear about, you never hear about, uh, you know, these, these, these great leaders and great thinkers who blatantly, like you look at like the Walt Disney's of the world. You know, you look at the, the Einstein's, look at the Steve Jobs. Those were unique yeah. individuals. But it's so hard to get to that place though. It's so hard to get to that place of uniqueness because there's so much noise. And they you know? cut out all the bullshit. Yeah. I don't know, man. It, so how, how do you, I, I mean, how do you get to that, how do you get to that state of, of knowing whether you have a unique idea and whether you're being true to yourself or, or whether you're really just copying something else. Intuition. Intuition. You know if you're being yourself. You know if you feel comfortable with what you're putting out there and not because of – I often feel comfortable about my writing or some of the things that I even said in this hour-long conversation because I would say them to you, but then I don't want to sound – I don't know. I, I'm self-conscious of how others may perceive me. Well, you know if this is something that's really coming from you or you know it's just because you want to be another so-and-so. And I used to be the worst uh, chaser of, of these online success stories ever. And we, this is why we've changed our business model with Under 30 CEO so many times. And this is why we were just running around chasing the, the dream that everybody sold us and that we read in the media because somebody got hot on Business Insider and that then I looked at what I was doing I was like oh god that person's doing it cooler well look at this person's model this is what's hot this is what's going to be new like yay Groupon you know what I mean and you just start chasing something that's not you intuition sit lock yourself in a quiet room take some deep breaths clear your mind go on a walk uh, in nature and think about what is it that I want? Is this something that I want to spend? Is this something that I would do for the rest of my life and, and do that? Yeah, I mean, David Data talks about that shit. If you guys haven't read Way the Superior Man, uh, whether you're a woman or a man, you should read it. It's a really good book. And uh, he's been on this shit for like 15 years, so we're, we're late to his party. But, I mean, yeah, and, and, and it doesn't always 
it's part of the frustration with trying to come up with good ideas is that they don't always, you don't always just, you're not just going to have one sit down with yourself and be like, ah, I found my true calling. Like it's going to take a minute and you're going to take several iterations and it might take five years or 10 years, but you have to keep working at it. It's like a process. It's like, you know what the best example is? The best, the best analogy would be like you're shaping a, a marble sculpture and you're gradually shaving off the layers and maybe you get it to the point where it's like a rough silhouette, but then, you know, you're like, oh, man, it needs a little more detail here. You need to, like, shape this part up. And then every time you stand back and look at it, you're like, oh, this part needs a little bit of detail. That part needs a little bit of detail. And every, at every pass, you're just shaping yourself more and more until you're trying to find this, this like, the true essence that's on the, that's on the inside of what was once just a, a formless hunk of marble. And if you're a true artist, you might never be 100% content, but that's, that's the catalyst that drives you to keep carving, to keep working at it. Sure, and I think of it similarly, but not something that needs to be shaped. I think of it as peeling back the layers of conditioning that have been put on by school and corporations and your parents and your teachers and your friends and the media and all the chatter and crap that we tell ourselves. So peel back those layers of conditioning and say, who am I? And you can think of it as your soul. You can think of it as your purest form of yourself. You can think of it as what's in your, what's really in your heart or, or however you want to think about it, right? But what's really inside, ask yourself that every single day and chip away at that conditioning and peel back the layers. And, uh, you know, just because they told you to go to school and get a job doesn't mean that's what, that's what you want to do. Yeah, I mean, I think this, and also, there's, there's a lot of also this talk now of like, whole find your passion thing and we're kind of talking about that here but this shit sounds really corny until you actually start doing it like it does sound very corny and played out until you actually start trying it for yourself and like oh man this whole time I have been kind of living someone else's you know living someone else's dream living someone else's uh, reality and when you start I mean and and, and I think one indication that you're on, on the right path is that if you for me what I found is that if everyone is telling me to do something um, that something is the right thing to do. I look at that. I look at that um, skeptically, right? Like if everyone is telling me this is the way, this is the path, this is what you should be doing. Everyone who's doing, everyone who's in your space should be doing it this way. I look at that very skeptically. And it's the classic Warren Buffett, where everybody else gets, where everybody else gets greedy. I get skeptical, or he doesn't use the word skeptical, but whatever. He runs the other way, invests in something, something different. And forget, like, making money off your passion, right? That's what we get annoyed with because it's just so cliche these days. It's about being your authentic self. It's about every interaction you have with every human being, including yourself, are my thoughts and my words and my actions all in alignment? Do I wake up in the morning and say this is what I want to do and then go and do it? And it doesn't necessarily mean what your job is, it means how you conduct yourself every single day. Yeah. It's good shit, man. Brother, I appreciate you. Where can people find more about you? Rich20something.com. We have a book. It's coming out sometime in 2017. <laughs> Daniel DiPiazza, everybody. Check him out. At Rich20something on Why Instagram. Am I flashing the peace sign and you can't see me. Flash it. Flash Please. it. We got to roll. Are we getting dinner? We are. I can't hit stop. Here we go. Hey, did you enjoy that episode of Live Different Podcast? I sure as hell hope you did because we do this for you. And if 
I could make and ask of you. Could you please share this episode with a friend? If it helped you out, would really appreciate it. And if you could go on to iTunes and leave us a review, that will help this podcast become better uh, found on iTunes. Spread the mission, the movement, what we're trying to do here. Get people to consider the possibility of just living a little bit differently. And if you really loved it, Come and check out what we're doing at Under 30 Experiences because it is a really cool thing. Hang out with other like-minded people, under30experiences.com, and get away from your desk.